This is Matthew Gage, founder of BaptistBasics.org, and I'm glad you're taking time to study this series of lessons I've put together for Baptist Basics University, Children's Church 101. Children's Church 101. Um, let me give you just a little bit of history with myself. Um, growing up, I didn't do much in children's ministries. Um, of course, you know, being a child, I wasn't in one, but even during high school and um middle school years I, I really wasn't much involved wrote, wrote some church buses and such but uh never really did much in children's ministries i i, I may have preached in a children's in our children's church uh, a couple times but um never really did a lot till i was in college and got involved with the bus ministry and um was in the bus ministry all four years of my college and basically been involved in a bus ministry of some sort ever since um I had the privilege of teaching a class, it was a Sunday school class during Saturday, a Saturday bus route. Interesting, a Sunday school on Saturday, but uh, we we had a few buses up at Clay's Mill that, that ran on Saturday for a while, and um, I happened to be on one of those, and an opening came up, and I was teaching the four and five year olds, I believe it was, um, maybe been five and six, I don't remember exactly now. But I was teaching that ages and learned a lot about dealing with kids and during that and with the bus ministry and such. Um, after college, moving back home, I've had the opportunity to get a lot more involved in our children's church um, at my home church and um, mostly running program, leading singing, filling in. Uh, another fellow does most of the preaching, but nonetheless, I think I can be a help and a blessing to you and hopefully can pass on some things I've had to learn through the School of Hard and Talks that maybe will will encourage you, will be a blessing to you, and maybe just be a be a help. So maybe something you haven't thought of. Maybe something that uh, will motivate you. Maybe there'll be that idea that really um, will boost your effectiveness. To get things started, I want to just talk a little bit, uh, maybe a little more philosophy here in the introduction. It's it's amazing. One of the most neglected uh, programs in our local churches is that of a, a children's ministry. Um, it's it's one of the most hyped. You'll see a lot of people put the emphasis on it. When people come to your church and visit, they're always wanting to know about the teen ministry and about the children's ministry. And and honestly, it may be our fault in the independent fundamental circles that we haven't put a lot of emphasis on it. Most churches, it's it's an afterthought. You uh, stick them in the basement. And you have somebody go down, sing a couple songs, and and tell them about David and Goliath every week, and um, you you hope that something sticks and that you make an impact in their lives. Well, listen, it's amazing out there nowadays. Um, the emphasis of Satan has put on getting young people. Um, it is so scary. You you look at what's marketed nowadays to young people. It is just so frightening how um, the, the sex and the drugs and the, and the beer and everything is just right out there for these young people and, and just plastered all out, all over. We we take our kids to the to a ball game down here. I, I've been a few times. I may go again. I don't like the heat, but going down to the ballpark in Arlington, see the Texas Rangers play, and they're they're all over the place. You have beer ads. You have uh, lottery ads. You just have so many things right around there. In a place that supposedly is is family entertainment. It's just amazing. And, and even beyond that, you you look at the the Harry Potter phenomenon and how the witchcraft, satanic stuff, and 
boy, some of these cartoons that are on nowadays, and even some of the cartoons I had growing up, it, it's really scary. Satan's really making a very big effort to reach young people. He knows, like we do, that you have to reach them young, and that a young mind is very pliable, that, hey, a little, little kid will believe anything. That's why little kids believe in Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and Monsters Under the Bed and the Loch Ness Monster and just everything else. They think Bugs Bunny's real. Little kids will believe anything. Uh, and Satan's making a big effort. He's putting a lot more time and money into it than we are. Now, we don't have the exact resources he has. We don't have millions of dollars in budgets, and we don't have all the technology necessarily in a little church. But we can do a better job of reaching these young people. Let me tell you something, too, that really scares me, is that most churches do put a lot of emphasis on the teen ministry, and it's something that really generates a lot of excitement, and it's also probably one of the most ineffective ministries that I've seen. It seems like, well, we can get a crowd to go to camp or go to Six Flags or something, but... Boy, when it comes time, college age, as soon as they graduate, we lose most of them, even though we put all the effort into it. Let me tell you what I think the problem is. We need to be able to reach these kids before they turn 13. Um, we need to be able, be able to have a hold on them before then, if we want to have a hope of keeping them. Listen, the pull of the world is strong, as strong as it's ever been uh, on, on these young people. It's, it's more and more difficult in our day and age, sad to say, in what was a Christian nation, it's so hard to live a Christian life. It's and very hard for a young person that's in the Christian school, very hard for a person out in society, uh, having a girl that believes in dressing modestly, having a guy that doesn't believe in cussing, that doesn't believe in taking drugs. It, it, they're going to stand out. They're going to be an oddball. It takes a lot of courage. But let me tell you something. I think we need to start reaching these kids early on. We need to start making an impact. And I'm going to tell you a great tool for that is the children's church. The bus ministry is great for reaching kids out in the community. For And really, you can even get some of those kids in. There, there's been bus kids turned into pastors and evangelists, and God's really used some. And you will see a lot of kids saved if you, if you run an effective bus ministry. Let me tell you something. The children's church service, you not only can reach those bus kids, you can also reach your home kids. It's kind of like a um, part Sunday school, part church service, but it's all geared towards the little kids. We'll talk a little bit about what exactly I, th I think a children's church is here in a little while. What I want to do in this in this course is just give you um, some spiritual things about it, some philosophical things, and even a lot of practical. I want to give you a lot of practical things I've learned, uh, most of which hey, I've had to learn the hard way. I've had to learn how do you lead an effective uh, song service. I've had to learn how do you keep a room full of kids' attention. How do you keep 45-year-olds' uh, attention for, for 30 minutes? I, I'm not bragging when, when I say this, but I was able to, in just a very short period of time, figure out some tricks that I was able to lead three or four songs at the beginning of, of, um, of the Sunday school class that I taught when I was in college. I'd leave three or four songs, and then I could preach for 30, 40 minutes and never have a discipline problem. Very, very rarely did I ever have a discipline problem. 
and the kids re- recalled the stories um, that, that I told. It was amazing. Most of the kids, they got on the bus, and you would ask them, you know, what, what did you learn about today in Sunday school? And they'd look up at you all big eyes and say, Jesus. I always like to kid around about that. And what did you learn about today, kids? Jesus. And that was always the answer. You know, they or they give you some vague thing. You learn about Abraham. Well, what did Abraham do? He... Isaac, okay, that's good. What did Abraham and Isaac do? Well, something about I was able to get in touch with these kids, though, in, in my preaching. And you could ask, well, what did y'all learn about that? Well, there was a little boy named David, and he was a shepherd boy. And one day he went out, and there was this great big tall giant, and they could go in and tell you the whole story. It was amazing. I, I had a number of people comment. And I say, I'm not trying to lift myself up or boast. Um, not everybody can do that. I I think God has given me a gift for dealing with, with young kids. But I think there's a lot of things that are very practical I've learned that anybody can apply and use to help reach young kids. Listen, I want to be able to jump start your program. If you haven't if you don't have one, I want to be able to get you started and get you a good groundwork. If you have one, I want to give you some ideas that'll revitalize it, give you a revival that'll help you be more effective. Listen, there's no no end to ideas about how to work with children. New books come out all the time. Uh, my my mother is a public school teacher. There's no end to philosophies and courses and books that they even have to go through in dealing with kids and techniques and and all this stuff. And there's really no end to it, even in Christian circles. Different ideas, different theories, different techniques. Uh, the flannel board used to be a big deal. Some people now use you know, like PowerPoint slideshows. Some people use a lot of games to reach their kids. Everybody seems to have their own system. And, you know, it's like anything else, like a preaching style, like a singing style. You, you've really got to tailor fit it to you and your abilities. Uh, listen, you can probably hear by my voice, I'm not a tenor singer. I would fail miserably if I tried to sing tenor. I have a bass voice. And a lot of people out there in the children's church ministry are bass singers trying to sing tenor. They don't fit. They try to run a program that does not fit them. Some people try to be strict disciplinarians that are not strict disciplinarians and they get in trouble. Some people try to be all fun and warm and try to be everybody's best buddy and it doesn't work because they can't come across that way. It's going to may take some experimenting for you, but you you need to figure out a way that works for you. And I know I'm getting way ahead of myself. This, this is supposed to be an introduction. I've just got so much stuff here I want to try to help you with. Let me describe what a children's church uh, service is. This is something my church has um, that I've grown up in has always implemented as far back as I remember. In fact, when I was a little kid, four or five years old, I was too scared to go back there to it. I was too big a mama's boy to go back. And that figures into my uh, testimony is I, I got saved after hearing our, our pastor preach a sermon on hell in the regular Sunday morning service. But uh, what, what we've always done is basically have a separate Sunday morning service for children, ages, uh, you know, Four through ten, four through twelve, somewhere in that range. Usually four through ten. What we would do is have all the kids after Sunday school. Now in our church, they would come into the regular service and then be dismissed uh, at some point during the song service. Um, I know some other churches don't do it that way. Honestly, to tell you the truth, I think it may be better if you have them go straight from Sunday school to their classroom. I think that that, that works a lot better. Unless you want to be able uh, to have your people in your church see 
then you'll see all the bus kids, see all the kids, and see the impact you're making on their lives. It, it may be a good thing for that. There, you know, there is some benefits to having it both ways. There's not a right or wrong way to do it. Um, I just think personally, if 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 I was um, if my opinion even mattered anything, I'd probably have them going straight from Sunday school to the children's church service. But um, anyway, children's church service is basically a, a, a church service just for these young kids. And we once they get to a certain age, we, we let them out, keep them in big churches. Some churches even have a separate teen ministry, um, especially for bus kids. It, it usually works very well. But what we do is just have a separate church service for these kids. We, we'd have we'd have singing, we'd have maybe some games, we we'd have a preaching, a sermon on their level, sermon to meet their needs. That's very important. We'd have an invitation time. So basically, you can sit back there and preach the gospel to a bunch of kids on their level, focus in on them. You don't have a preacher preaching the gospel and talking about propitiation. And in all these deep theological terms, which maybe an adult can understand, but just a little child, just it, it, you're not getting deep. You're getting way too deep for their level. You're not you're not hitting them on 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 their plane. But it is it's just a great, fantastic tool. Just having a separate service just for the children. I'm not a big fan of having separate services for everything. I know a bunch of churches have those. They'll have a uh, you know, Wednesday nights, youth night, and the youth are never in the service. They go do their own thing. Uh, hey, if that that may be fine, it may do a lot of a lot of good, and, and I can see a lot of benefit to it. But I think that uh, I think for the most part, kids and teens and young married couples and elderly people, everybody, I think needs to be in the main church service. They need to be in that main service. The one exception, I think, is on Sunday morning. I think it is very good if you can get the kids out, get the bus kids, get the church kids out of the main service and have a service just for them. You'll have, you'll, you'll have a chance to reach those bus kids uh, more effectively. You'll have a chance to reach those, those church kids more effectively. Instead of having them in there going to sleep or doodling in your songbooks, you'll have them back there hitting them on their level, getting them excited about going to church. I'm, hey, I, if you'll be honest, if you grew up in church like I did, you probably didn't want to go to church a lot of times. I, I'd almost ask you to raise your hand here. I know I'm sitting here talking to a computer recording this, but I'm sure you could probably raise your hand with me and say, you know what, there was a time I actually faked being sick so I didn't have to go to church. I, I tried it a few times. I, th I think I actually got by with it a few times. But the children's church service gives them some excitement. Gives them something on their level. A children's church service should be fun. It should be kid-friendly. It should be under control. Those three things are very important. It, it needs to have some excitement to it. That, that's the fun aspect. You need to have some fun. Um, some people can be very good with kids and be very strict, uh, military-type discipline. I've seen that, uh, and it worked very well for some people. I don't work that way very well. Maybe it's my personality. I tend to have a little bit more fun, and my kids tend to be a little bit rowdier. Now, I don't put up with discipline problems. If I have a kid that's back-talking me, uh, we deal with that. If, we, if I have a kid that, that's squirming and, and won't listen to the sermon, we, we deal with that. But I tend to be a little bit more loose and uh, have a lot more fun with mine. It needs to be kid-friendly. Some people, 
get back there, and I'll get into this a little bit with the song service, but some people get back there and try to sing songs with kids out of the hymn book. They, they try to sing songs that are just too hard for the kids. If you listen to a kid's CD of Old MacDonald Had a Farm and um, Itsy Bitsy Spider and all that, if you if you get a CD of that from Walmart, of, of those children's songs, secular-type children's songs, you'll notice they're very simple. They're very repetitive. There's a lot of emotions to them. They're, they're, there's a lot of stuff. We can apply those same principles in reaching for a kid. You know, I, honestly, the world is a lot smarter when it comes to reaching kids than we are a lot of times. It's a shame, but it's the truth. We ought, we need to be a lot smarter about how we're reaching our kids. And, and last of all, it does need to be under control. D- Discipline is very important. It's not chaos. It's not um, not bedlam back there every time you get a bunch of kids in there. I'm going to say this statement many times. I'm quite sure through this. If you do not have a program, the kids will. You can write that down, mark it down. It's the truth. If you do not have a program, the kids will. If you don't have songs, they'll start singing songs. If you're not talking, they'll start talking. If you're not playing games, they'll start playing games. It's up to you to control the flow of service. It's up to you to control what goes on. Let me tell you something. The best way to deal with discipline problems is to prevent them. That's another thing you can write down. The best way to deal with it is to prevent it. If you don't want kids talking, prevent them from talking. If you want kids paying attention, you need to make steps to prevent them from having their minds to wonder. It's very important. Two things, the two most important things probably I I think I'm going to give you are those two statements right there. Number one, if you don't have a problem, the kids will. And number two, the best way to deal with discipline problems or any other problem is to prevent it. You write both of those down. Have you ever been in the service where the preacher asks everyone to stand up and um, they'll say, how many of you were saved when you were 12? How many of you were saved when you were 13 and go on up? Or maybe they'll say, how many of you were saved when you were a teenager? How many of you were saved in your 20s, your 30s? It is amazing. I've been in a few services where they've done things like that, and it is honestly amazing how many people are saved but about before the time they're 20. Um, I've, see, I've seen some studies. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but um, I've seen the studies where it basically the, the the ratio diminishes out to nothing. The older people get by the time people in their 90s, it's it's less than like one percent of people they get saved. Where um, a young kid, it's it's 40, 50 percent. I think it's been forever since I've seen those studies, but um, you can look those up. Listen, it's a great harvest out there with these little kids and and let me tell you something the age we have to reach these kids is getting um, a lot lower every day that window of opportunity we have to reach children is getting smaller every day every day it's getting smaller um, it, it's scary that the the sin that uh, a 10 year old kid nowadays is aware of is is involved in it is absolutely scary Listen, by the, time, by the time the kid's about four, I was saved when I was four years old. But when a kid turns about four, they can really start to understand. They can understand the gospel. They can understand that they're a sinner. Um, 
and I'm going to tell you the honest truth, if you don't get them before they're about 10 years old nowadays, used to be 12. I, I remember a day when it was when, when I was younger, when I was in middle school, and even probably even in children's church, where 12, 13, you could still reach a kid. Let me tell you something. By the time they're 10 nowadays, you've got to reach them by then. You've lost them. But as I've been saying, we need to reach these kids while we have a chance, while that window is open. If we're going to have the, for the best bang for our buck, I, I guess you could say, but the, for the most return on our efforts is to reach children. That's the highest percentage of, of people that will be saved. And also, they're probably going to listen to you a lot more than some adults who sit in their ways. And listen, that's nothing new. History is full of examples of people reaching children and changing changing a generation. Hitler himself did it. He started the Hitler Youth Program, and kind of I guess his answer to the Boy Scouts, but trained them into being a good Nazi, and and trained them into to following him. It's scary that that somebody could do that, but he did he did the same thing. He reached the youth. You reach those youth, they turn into young people. Those young people turn into parents, and then you can. The cycle just keeps going and keeps going. If you can reach those young people, you you can make an impact in generation. Hey, the homosexuals are trying to do it. The drunks are trying to do it. The the everybody's out there. Every everybody. The the the, the witchcraft people. The all the cults are are trying to do it. Everybody's out to reach these young people. We need to be out there reaching too. We, hey, we may not win the fight. But we sure can go down swinging. We can take as many people to heaven with us as we can. That may sound a little bit dark, but uh, uh, didn't mean for it to come across that way. But listen, we need to make an impact. We need to reach these people while we can. The problem as I see it, in, in my humble personal opinion, is that we just don't run a very effective programs. Is that we... Even though, in, in spite of, of preaching it up and hooping and hollering and amen and in, in a in a service, that we just don't back up what we say. We 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 quote the Bible and Jesus said, "Suffer the little children to come unto me, and we'll all cry and 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 somebody will take a run and fit when somebody really gets gets going preaching on it." But let me tell you something: we we can cry all we want to about bus kids. We can hoop and holler and amen every time somebody mentions a bus. But let me tell you what the problem is, as far as, as far as I I think, is that we don't put enough emphasis on this. Or we might we might put a lot of talk to it, but we don't back up that talk. We don't put no effort in this. A lot of children's churches are run in the basement of the church building, the old damp, dark basement. Put a bunch of kids down there, set up some folding chairs, lead them in Zacchaeus, and tell them a little Bible story. And honestly, they run more like Sunday school service. Sunday school. Listen, we need to do a better job. It needs to be run like church service. It's pointed. We're, we're out. We're out to do something. We're out to reach these kids for Christ. Not only to see them saved, but to see them grow. And let me tell you something. That's something else. A lot, a lot of children's churches. They're only geared for salvation. And then we wonder why the kids drop off. Let me tell you why. You're only feeding them up to step one. You're getting them saved, and then that's it. You ain't teaching them to go on. Oh, you might mention not cussing and not lying and not stealing and loving their mama, but you the main emphasis is being saved. Hey, I, that's the main thing. If there's anything out there you want to do, you want to make sure they're saved. But you need to keep feeding them and growing them. You need to keep making impact in these kids' lives far beyond just that 
that in eternal impact in making somebody saved. That's the main thing. That's better than being saved than than being honest. I'd rather be saved than be dishonest. Uh, it's maybe a very bad example there, but I want these people to be saved. Number one, and if, once they're saved, everything else will, will, should fall in line. The Holy Spirit will will lead them into truth. Will will help them clean up their lives. They'll be convicted. Hey, I remember after I got saved, there was some stuff. Even as a little four year old kid, I remember doing and think having that feeling that Holy Spirit uh, convicted me. Thinking, boy, Matt, you don't need to be doing this. And that same thing can happen to those little kids. But let me tell you, I think the problem is I see it. we got a lot of competition, and we ain't up to the challenge. We're not putting the effort in. No, we don't have the multi-million dollar budgets. No, we don't have the uh, the, the computers to make the fancy cartoons. Well, we, we don't have the, the most uh, high-tech light show and music and, and everything. But let me tell you something. We don't need all that. You don't need that. You don't have to have all that stuff to reach children. But let me tell you something. It does take some effort. You don't need a lot of things. But what you need is a heart. What you need is some effort. What you need is a mindset that says, I'm going to do this. Not just rip repeating it and going through the motions and having it just say having having that token ministry that I've heard that frame before or heard that phrase before a token ministry just saying well yes we have a bus ministry and, and not really doing anything with it listen this needs to be more than this this is important you're reaching the next generation you're reaching tomorrow's leaders who knows could very well be that little five-year-old boy sitting there that's got a hole in his jeans that rode the bus could be the next D.L. Moody could be the next Billy Sunday. You don't know that. Maybe he'll be the next drug dealer thrown into jail. We don't know that. But let me tell you something. He could be the next great preacher. He could be the greatest evangelist that ever lived. There's so many stories we could tell about young people who sat in church service and were affected. Jack Hiles, Lee Robertson, D.L. Moody reached by a Sunday school teacher. We could go on and on and on. We need to reach these kids. We've got to do it. And let me tell you something. If we don't do it, somebody else is going to. And the alternative ain't good. Satan's got enough of them. This time we put our foot down saying, uh-uh, Satan, you ain't getting no more. You ain't getting these kids. Once they come into our, the doors of this church, you can't get them. You can't have them. At least not without a fight. Listen, there was a day and time where kids would sit still and listen to just about whatever you'd say. They would sit still and listen to a very boring program. Those those days are gone. Kids would sit there because they were taught to be polite. They were taught to listen. And, you know, it, it, back in the days of Howdy Doody being on TV, you, you watch some of those old children's programs, Howdy Doody, Captain Kangaroo, some of those real early um, children's programs. They're boring. Kids nowadays are so bombarded. Everything, it, honestly, it's like everything that's it's geared for kids is on steroids. It's, it's bouncing off the walls. My sister, when she was little, one time was sick, and, and they pre prescribed some uh, some steroids to her, and she was, she was already pretty hyper. She was running laps in her room. She was going crazy. Listen, that's what the way most kids' stuff is. It's all sugared up, all souped up, all steroids up, and just crazy and bouncing off the wall. That doesn't mean you have to be that way. But let me tell you something. That means you're going to have to try a lot harder to keep these kids' attention. You're going to have to try a lot harder to even get their hearts. You're going to have to, it's going to take a lot more effort, take a lot more time, take a lot more practice. 
it's going to take a lot more. It's not as easy as it was. And let me tell you something, it gets harder every day. It gets harder every single day. It's going to take some effort to do it. The solution to this problem, we need to run an effective program. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some excitement. Let me tell you something, you need to be able to lose yourself in this work. That's one of the things that drives me crazy. I had learned, listen, I'm about the most quietest person you'll ever meet. I, my idea of a, of, a, of a dream setting would be to be off somewhere in a little cabin back off in the woods with books all around me and a computer. I want a computer too, but I'd love to just be, you know, everybody go away, leave me alone, let me study, let me read. You know what? I've had to learn how to lose myself when I preach to kids, when I lead scene with the kids. You need to be able to lose yourself in this. You need to check your dignity at the door. Quit trying to be Joe, Joe Cool and Mr. Macho when you're, when you're up there in front of kids. Listen, the kids can detect fakes. I don't know what it is, but kids can, can, can detect when someone's legitimate, when someone's real. You need to be real. You need to be legitimate. They know if you're up there going through the motions. Kids can detect it, and they will turn you off so quick that your head will spin. You need to lose yourself in. Let me tell you something. Working with children is a great balancing act. It, it takes a lot of fun, but it also takes a lot of order. You know what's amazing? Kids really do respond to order. They, they respond to structure. If they know what to do, kids do it. It's amazing what a little routine will do. Hey, routine will solve a lot of problems. From kids not sleeping at night to discipline problems, it's amazing what routine will do. What I want to do in this, I want to teach you a little bit of things that will help you balance some of that fun and spontaneity and um, just that general craziness that goes around with working with kids. And no matter how hard you try to structure it out, you're still going to have a little bit of that because kids are absolutely unpredictable. Uh, Brother Horton, who's now the pastor of our church for many years, taught the... Uh, or I preached in the children's church and ran that ministry at our church, and I grew up, you know, listening to him preach in that ser in, in those services. And I remember him telling one time he said he was sitting up there preaching and had a row of, row of bus kids that that had rode the bus and said one of them was chewing gum. And he took the gum out, passed it over to the other kid. That kid put in his mouth, chewed on a while. That kid took it out, passed it on down, and. In a matter of about five minutes, everybody on that row had chewed that piece of gum. Crazy stuff is going to happen. Boy, we could write books on it. I could tell so many stories. A lot of them may not even be that good. You'll never know what a kid's going to say. But what I wanted to help you do is take some of that fun, that spontaneity, that all that all that craziness works kids. Add some order and structure. Keep that balancing act. It's a tightrope act, and you need both. You need both. It can't all be order and discipline and you need a lot more fun too. I want to help you do that. I want to do is help you to run a more effective uh, children's ministry. I want to help you reach kids, and hopefully this lesson will will help you do that. All the, these this this series of lessons will teach you some things, will motivate you, give you some ideas. That's my heart and prayer for this series of lessons.